What up, Long Beach? Welcome back to the LB Fee Show, the one and only podcast featuring Long Beach State Athletics Director Andy Fee. As always, this show is hosted by the562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler, and Mike Garabasio. But he's out today. We've still got a special guest coming on, men's water polo senior Austin Stewart. And of course, we've still got Andy. What's up, Mr. Fee? How you doing? JJ, you and I holding the fort down. I like it. I think we're going to be okay. It's kind of the calm before the storm as the fall season ends here at Long Beach State and the winter season begins. So like I said, we're going to be having Austin Stewart on to talk about their tournament that they're going to be playing in this weekend. But you guys are coming off a pretty big event each and every year. It was homecoming two weeks ago in Walter Pyramid. Uh, A great event, two entertaining basketball games. Two wins. You got to feel good about how that went down. Hey, wins are always good. Uh, you know, getting people back together, uh, back for uh, you know a reunion, so to speak, and a chance to to come back and celebrate history and tradition and legacies. Uh, you know, Naples Rib Company holding it down, feeding I don't know, close to eight hundred people. I want to say inside the pyramid, making that place smell really good. It was it was sliders everywhere. Uh, you know, kids zones. I mean, you name it. It was a lot of energy. Uh, the double header was great. I think we, you know, our goal was to get more people into see the women's game. We really want to push, um, you know, that team and, and what they're doing. So I think it was great to have more people in the building watching what they were doing, and then. Uh, to watch the men take on, you know, which is a really good opponent, San Diego, who I think actually went on and, and beat Fresno State and then uh, beat, uh, I think, Weber State. Mm-hmm. So uh, a great win on both sides and, and a wonderful day. A wonderful day. Different having it inside as opposed to outside celebrating, obviously, 25 years of the Walter Pyramid. Did you like it inside? I, I thought it looked cool, mostly because it looked different. But Yeah, I mean, I thought there was a lot of energy. Uh, obviously, it's a smaller space, but, it, I mean, literally, I walked around the top of the concourse and just ran into so many people. Uh, and, you know, it was a warm day, so I did get a few people who were, who were thanking us for having it true. <laughs> indoors. That is true. But, um, but I thought it was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, celebrating 25 years in the pyramid, you know, couldn't think of a better way to do it. We talked last week about how having homecoming without football is different, yet still necessary in order to bring alumni back to the campus. What do you see the future as homecoming here at Long Beach State? Continuing to do the basketball thing? Continuing to do it inside? Yeah, I, I think we we, we want to keep doing it. Uh, the, the feedback that we get from our fans is is that they they want it, they they love it, they they celebrate it. Um, you know, I thought the inside uh, worked out really well. I, I'd like to to think that you know we might keep doing it that way, but you know we always will will assess. Uh, probably next week we'll sit down as a group and and go through things to see how it went. But uh, you know we want to have a marquee event, um, and and it's been around basketball, but. You know, I guess, you know, who knows? Uh, maybe maybe one day we might do it uh, in the spring or, you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, if anyone out there listening has an idea of, Ooh, I like it. of what it could be, you know, always always ears, always listening. That's great. You've obviously been busy recently and you've got another busy weekend coming up here this week. Uh, we were talking before the show how you are part of the Golden Coast Conference. The men's water polo team here at Long Beach State is a member of the GCC. And when you go to this tournament this weekend where Long Beach State will be playing that tournament, you're not just going to be the Long Beach State Athletics Director. You also have another job, right? Yeah, so I guess uh, I'm the president of the executive committee, uh, which oversees the the championship. And it's a two-year posting, and it's rotated uh, around to athletic directors. So um, I will be serving in that capacity should, should any be any protests or any issues around any of the matches. 
Uh, on, so, on the pool deck. On the pool deck, wearing a very fancy polo shirt. I think they've got me in some sort of uh, GCC executive <laughs> committee polo shirt. So I'm not, really no official. No, you're not a referee. Right? Not a referee. <laughs> they don't give me a whistle. Uh, but it is. A, but it is a fancy polo. But uh, so you know, kind of double duty. Obviously, want to cheer our team on, um, and and hopefully it'd be great to repeat as champions. But um, I'll also serve in that capacity um, as a. Um, a neutral observer in some ways. Do they have the athletic directors of the teams that are playing sit out of those games? Like, are they actually have? Because it wouldn't just be you, right? It's a two-year post, so it switches around. Yeah. Are athletic directors, quote unquote, officiating their own teams' games? Uh, they're not officiating, but uh, if, if there was a, a protest, I would actually recuse myself. So if we were playing Pepperdine, and there was a protest or some official. Um, issue that would arise um, that would involve the executive committee, I actually would step out um, from that and uh, so as not to muddy the water. Do you have a responsibility during the season to hand out punishments and, and restrictions and deal with protests? Yeah, so if there's any protests or any um, suspensions or, or other punishment, uh, I'll get a phone call from the commissioner. Uh, all the video goes to the commissioner's office. Oh, you're breaking down film? If if necessary, Zapruder if over necessary, here. you know, um, you know, we will look at uh, video and um, come to a conclusion on on what the punishment will be. Many times, some of the punishments are are just basically set down from the NCAA. Um, if somebody left a bench area, you know, that's an automatic game suspension. So there's some things that. Um, have some latitude and some things that don't have latitude depending on the issue. Have you done this before? Have you worked as a commissioner like this in any other uh, conference? Uh, I have not, um, but typically um, you will have executive committees around most of the sports, um, and some are more hands-on than others, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it's a way to kind of have an impartial, as much as you can have an impartial um, judge and jury. Yeah, I can imagine the baseball guys are pretty busy. A lot of yeah. people yelling, a lot of people coming back, you know? Yeah, it, it, um, y you would be surprised. I mean, more, there are more issues that come up, and, and not necessarily, you know, terrible issues, but whether it's a protest or a, an issue or a complaint about a referee, mm -hmm. um, you know, there, there's something every week that, that comes up. You also work with the NCAA committees. What's more difficult, working with the conferences or working with the NCAA? Because I'm sure with the conferences – smaller amount of people, easier maybe to move around and get to a consensus? Yeah, you know, I, I would say easier would be the, the, the conference responsibilities. Uh, the NCAA, um, I think as we've mentioned before, I serve on the National Committee and then on the National Rules Committee. Um, you know, that's a little deeper water, mm -hmm. so to speak. And, um, a little a murkier. Little, a little murkier, <laughs> moves a little slower. <laughs> Um, so I'd say, you know, the conference, just because you, you do, you, you tend to have more relationships, right. um, and getting things done and just working through, um, challenges are, are sometimes easier. Yeah. Is there one time, maybe even with the NCAA, but more specifically with the conference committee where you're taking a big moment and you realize it's a big moment. Do you remember one time where you were like, wow, this really is an important position and I'm glad I'm in it. Uh, yeah, so last year at the, uh, the NCAA Championships up in Palo Alto, um, there was a semifinal match um, with UCLA, and I think it was uh, UC San Diego, 
and in water polo in water polo and um there was the potential to uh to eject a player um and there was not a video replay actually so it was a a a kind of huddling of uh the games committee which i serve on and uh you know, it was the best player for for San Diego, and that that was a little bit of an uphill battle for them. But, you know, that's uh, you know when you get down to the final four teams, mm-hmm. you know, people are playing for a lot, so you want to make sure that you get it right. You don't want to make a wrong decision and and have that come back to haunt you. You know, I think we all, you know, whether it's the the golden rule or the platinum rule, you always want to believe that you're going to get a fair shake. Right. So. Um, you know, not to be dramatic about it, but y- you know, there's pressure on you yeah. that you, you want to get it right. You want to be fair and, um, you know, make the best decision you can. What well, what's key to making the best decision? I mean, is it taking your time? I think it's taking your time and, and, and listening. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, everyone's kind of got kind of their take on a, mm-hmm. on a scenario. Someone may have had a better view. Um, someone may have in water polo seen the cap number clearly, whereas maybe from my angle, I couldn't tell you what cap number it was, just, just the, the direction of that player's head. Um, water polo is a difficult one because you really only see a, a portion of their body. So. Yeah, your job would be a lot easier if they had that Olympic underwater camera. Yeah, so it uh, becomes a challenge, and you don't want to eject somebody that um, that shouldn't be ejected, mm-hmm. and you don't want to be too overreaching and – and just decide to make an ejection because you think somebody should be ejected or um, disallow something. So, um, you know, you, you, it's kind of uh, the old adage, you know, you, you know the, the least amount of times that people see you, whether it's as an official or a games committee, you know, you really want um, to let the players decide everything on the court or in the pool. Very good point. We're going to talk a little bit more about that GCC tournament in just a minute. But as we do every other week, it's time for last week, last week and this week at the beach. Uh, the shift from fall to winter is happening. So we'll start with the basketball teams. Obviously, men's basketball lost both of their games last week at Stanford and St. Mary's. But freshman Joshua Morgan's kind of carving a spot for himself in this starting rotation, averaging over six points, four rebounds. Per game with a team high nine blocks. Big game this weekend at home against Fresno Pacific on Friday at seven at Walter Pyramid. And then they're going to be at number 14 Arizona on Sunday. But in this new schedule that Dan Munson has put together, the Fresno Pacific game is almost more important than the Arizona game because, as Dan has said a lot, we're, we have no um, goal to be an at large bid. We just want to get better in the preseason and play well at Honda Center in March. And to do that, you have to win your home games. Now, he has more home games this season than he's ever had in the preseason. you got to win against Fresno Pacific at home on you, Friday you, you do. And, uh, you know, I think, no, you know, you certainly want to always respect your opponent. But I think, you know, we've, we've learned some things from the fa- past few games. Um, and, you know, this the Fresno Pacific game allows you to, to actually see that in game speed. You know, obviously they were at practice today. Uh, working on some of those things, but uh, this is a tune-up for hopefully for Arizona and the rest of the season. I'll be very interested to see how much they try to implement this year because with a new group, sometimes kiss, keep it simple, just let them get their own feet underneath them before overloading them. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, Dan Munson and Bobby Braswell have dialed up, specifically defensively, because it looks like they don't have to show a lot to be good defensively, and then they might have some tricks up their sleeve come conference time. Women's basketball also on the road, lost at UCLA. But another youngster shining, sophomore Justina King, 
was a sol- had a solid performance with 22 points, four rebounds, four assists, and two steals. They're actually going to be playing tonight. We're recording this on Monday, hosting Utah State, and they're going to take on Loyola Marymount on Saturday at 7 p.m. We move on to women's volleyball, who are closing their season, but closing it very strong, won both of their games last week. And we've got to shout out freshman setter Tia Chavera. She moved to outside hitter from setter, then had 14 kills against UC Santa Barbara and 16 kills against the Mustangs. Obviously, those are career highs because it's her first time playing outside hitter. That's unbelievable. They're at Hawaii on Friday, but we got to shout out Tia because... I mean, I can just think back to the times that I played very amateur sports and how dedicated I was to one position. And if anybody moved me, oh, gosh, I, I, had, fra- I had a fragile game. Tia clearly doesn't have fragile game. <laughs> got to be strong, got to be comfortable, and she obviously is comfortable at many positions, apparently, out on the court. Yeah, and it, that's kind of the future of volleyball. A lot of the kids that we see coming up in local high school volleyball, uh, they play multiple positions. They play one yeah. in club. One for their high school team. Maybe they play multiple for their high school team if they're running a 6-2 with two setters. Yeah. So, yeah, that might, that might be the future. We got to mention cross-country as well last weekend, playing in the, taking on the other competition in the NCAA West Regional. Sophomore Raymond Ornelas had a great run with a lifetime best time in the 10K. So congratulations to him. Uh, and finally, we're going to bring our guest just a second, Austin Stewart. But men's water polo finished its regular season with exciting wins over Loyola Marymount and UC Irvine. So they'll defend that GCC conference title that they won here at Long Beach State, Ken Lingwin's Aquatic Center. Last year, they're going to defend that at Pepperdine this weekend. The first game is on Friday at 1 p.m. against San Jose State. I also wanted to mention, we're talking men's water polo, that four beach men's water polo players are going to be competing in the FINA Men's Junior World Championships this December in Kuwait. Quentin Osborne and Garrett Zahn are going to be added to the USA roster. All of these teams basically are the top collegiate talent in the country. Matt Morris is going to play for New Zealand, and Raul Morales is going to play for Brazil. And I know we've talked about this before, mostly with volleyball, but the connection that this university has with the Olympics and international competition is really something that sets this place apart. It's great. And, you know, obviously when I think water polo, I think Kuwait. Uh, but, uh, on top of that, Andy, uh, that might be your best joke of the pod, you know, but, uh, <laughs> anytime that you can get international experience, um, is phenomenal. And obviously we love to have our brand out there. Uh, Gavin will be at the Olympics and it says a lot about our program and, and, and really congratulations to those players, uh, for accomplishing that. Other than having your coaches like Gavin Arroyo and, uh, and Alan Knipe involved in the Olympic programs. How else can a university cultivate that relationship to make sure that if a top recruit comes to comes here to look at it, you can also say we've got blank Olympians or blank experience internationally? It's huge. Um, I think when recruits come on campus, you know, they're going to look at a few things. They're going to look at the facilities. They're going to look at the support system, whether that's academics or sports medicine. But they're also going to say to themselves, uh, if their goal is to play at the highest level. Well, who's done it from here? Mm-hmm. Because if if you look at it and no one's ever done it before, that's an uphill battle. It doesn't mean you can't do it. Right. But if you can look up and uh, you're either going to see in the local community, um, you may see one of those those folks in the pool or on the courts, whether it's Misty May or or whomever. But I think it's it's critical that we we honor the legacy and the traditions uh, of those that have gone on and done those things because. 
Um, there's nothing better in terms of selling your program if they can envision themselves one day competing at the highest level. I, I got to shout out Shore Aquatics as well here in Long Beach. They held their swimathon annual swimathon to raise money for their equipment at Ken Lingwin Aquatic Center this last weekend. Shore hasn't always been on campus, and to see them back on campus, I think, is really important as well. Not only for the health of Long Beach State Water Polo, but the health of Long Beach Water Polo. Yeah, and it's a really small community, so we're all pulling on the rope together. We want to grow the sport, whether it's uh, just swimming um, or if it's water polo. Um, you know, you can't do it by yourself. Um, and, you know, people, as you know, you were mentioning it earlier, whether it's a student athlete who plays for a club team, but... Um, the same goes for coaches. You know, they work across the spectrum, and uh, this is a you know big city, small town. We we, we say it all the time, no and uh, it is it rings true. Well, we are going to head out to the pool to catch up with Austin Stewart in just a second. But before we do that, we wanted to remind Long Beach State fans about the 562.org and all the coverage we've got there: newsletters, videos, previews, recaps, photos, the Twitter updates, the interaction. Get involved at the 562.org for all of your Long Beach State sports coverage. Out here at Ken Lindgren Aquatic Center, taking the LB Fee Show outside. We are thrilled to welcome our, our special guest. He leads the beach with 61 goals this year and 27 assists. He's going to go over 200 goals all-time this weekend at the GCC tournament, and that will be third all-time here at Long Beach State, the last of a storied career for Long Beach State men's water polo. Austin Stewart, Stewie, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me. You guys just got out of the pool, just got finished with practice. How's it going as you guys get ready for the tourney? Uh, we're pretty excited. We're in a pretty good place, considering uh, last year we weren't the top seed either. But So we feel hopeful about the tournament this weekend because of how we did last year. Yeah, you guys won it in this pool here last year. What did you learn during the tournament last year that you're going to try to use this year in this year's tournament? Well, one, that anyone can win. And two, that defense is what wins championships. You know, we held Pepperdine 5-4 and held Pacific to six goals last year. And they're both really good offenses, so so defense is what's most important, and we pride ourselves in that. As I mentioned, you've been in the pool a lot for the beach. Been here for uh, four years, been a part of these teams, a big part of these teams for the last three, and uh, it's kind of coming to an end. Do you got graduation goggles yet? Is everything really cool and fun? Oh, yeah. Uh, I actually, I th I've been thinking about that a lot. Um, uh, it kind of sucks to come to an end, you know. I would always say, you know, like I've been playing water polo for 14 years, but... And I was excited, you know, to get a break. But now that it's coming to an end, I'm like, oh, no. This yeah, is, everybody goes through <laughs> I'd that. I'd rather be doing this, for it, sure. It's kind of got to be strange doing that, your passion, yeah. and going to school. Because school's not over. No. Like, you're going to go to school for the first time while you're not a water polo player in your entire life. Yeah, actually, I'm not. I'm finishing this year. Are you? Yes. And then I'm Congratulations. going. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going into uh, to be working. And I've actually I've never had a job. So that's something I've I've oh. only been a referee for water polo on the weekends. So I've never had that's a full a job. time job. That's a job. Yeah, that's a job. You filled out a, a W two for that. I think. <laughs> um, well, you know, this season coming to a close, career coming to a close. Did this last year go the way you thought it would? I mean, not exactly. You know, you always you always hope for you know undefeated or whatever. I mean. I know right. that's difficult, but you hope to have – you always want what you you can't have. But yeah. uh, really all that matters to me is the end. And we still are in the same place as anyone else. We don't know how many auto bids we're gonna, uh, our conference is going to get. So mm -hmm. realistically, every team's fighting to win because they think that's their last lifeline. Yeah. So 
We were just hoping, we're just hoping to win. Yeah. We put ourselves in a position the same as anyone else. We all have to beat the best teams in the conference to win. Right. You guys are starting against San Jose State. I, yes. I'm sure you didn't think this year was in, going to include losing your tooth, though. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so you, you lost your tooth last month? Yeah, last month. Uh, and the dentist actually told me I'd be out for four weeks, which would have been this Thursday when I came back. Oh, man. So I was, I was not in a good place, but uh, I hoped and I begged. And he helped me out, and the dentist did good, good procedures. He came to the pool deck and brought me my uh, thing, my uh, AOD. What is that called? The yeah, it's like it's like hooked onto the top of your mouth. Yeah, it, to like hold it all together. The retainer, the retainer, yeah. and he brought it in his dentist clothes on the pool deck. Wow. At, in the morning, the day before the Pacific game, which is the game I came back, and that was only a week and a half later. So that's like, how did it happen? Um, actually, a red shirt. Red shirt came through on a shot when I was helping back in center and hit me with his elbow on accident. Freaking freshman. <laughs> I know, I know. That's what, my, <laughs> that's what Gavin said. It's freaking red shirts. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Did it affect you at all when you got back in the pool? Like, could you feel it in your mouth while you were playing? Um, no, the tooth didn't affect me that much, but the retainer definitely. I was gagging a little bit. Like, it's weird to have that because I've never used one. It's hard enough to breathe. Yeah. So, yeah, it's hard enough to breathe in the water. So I'm just sitting there. If I go hard, I'm just like gagging. Are you used but to it now? I'm, I'm pretty used to it. Yeah. Is that the biggest injury you've had or like the most serious injury you've sustained in the pool? Uh, actually, it's not. I, uh, I have had basically my cartilage right now is worn away in my hip. So I've gotten two injections, cortisone injections. Oh, wow. That's what I'm running with right now. I feel great right now because of the injections. Yeah. But I missed a, bo- a bunch of spring and a bunch of the beginning of summer. Is that, of that just wear and tear, years and years of egg beater? Oh, yeah. It's just you're not supposed to egg beater when you're younger. So basically I developed this little bump on my bone, and it is tapping against my labrum. So, wow. So, yeah, so – Egg beatering not not is not a like a movement that you're supposed to do from a young age. Yeah. So as I was developing and doing egg beatering so much, it got messed up. Trying to explain to a non-athlete the ability of adrenaline as the greatest painkiller on earth is very difficult to explain. But did you go through that where you were in serious pain, but once you got in the pool and you were playing, it kind of all just faded away? Oh, definitely. Um, like I would beginning of this season, we had a tournament. And that was probably the worst pain I've, I've had with it. And I was waiting to get my second cortisone shot so I could make it to the end of season. Mm-hmm. So it didn't come back now. And before the game would start, I would stretch and I, I would barely stretch, you know, because it'd be so painful. Like right. if I stretched so much, like it would hurt. And then I'd get in the water and like there was there was quarters at a time where I wouldn't feel it. And then after the game was over, I was like, oh, my God, like limping <laughs> to the bus. I can only produce so much of that stuff. That's yeah. that's amazing. Your career here at Long Beach State has been amazing. What do you think the most important thing has been for you to maintain success in and out of the pool? The most important thing, uh, I'd say a good, a good solid foundation that like hasn't changed here. I think uh, an opportunity. I've been given an opportunity that like a lot of people don't have. You know, mm. uh, as my freshman year, I got. I got opportunity. I didn't play that much at the beginning, and then I played against USC. He put me in because somebody got a three ejections or something, or uh-huh. it wasn't going well. And I scored two or three goals, and they were they were like number one that year. So then he gave me more opportunity, and I kind of just stayed consistent. And you know, I I try to do my best in the hardest moments too. Uh, you'll see a lot of times I score a lot of goals in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And I just I try to make everyone better. So I think that right. just like 
just having a solid foundation of other guys doing a lot of work and me gifting them the ball like mm-hmm. that's been I know we talked important. about this before. Uh, where, where did your love for water polo come from? It, it's not the baseball, basketball, football of American sports. Oh, no. So where did it come from? So my dad played water polo when he was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too seriously. He played at Mount Sac, which is a community college. Um, then he, he's been a referee for a while. So my sister started up, and she was a monster for a while. And I sucked at baseball. I tried baseball. <laughs> uh, soccer didn't go well either. Basketball is too short, and, I, and and so I was like, you know what? I'll try water polo. I hate swimming, but I tried water polo, and I I just loved it for some reason. I don't know. No, nothing about it stuck out. Did you like? I mean, it's physical. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, it's uh, I really like soccer, but like, there's more goals in water polo, and it's more exciting. Yeah, I, I watch I watch a lot of European water polo for a uh, an American, um, and like I idolize them. I just think it's really exciting. There's fighting. There's yeah. there's a bunch of goals. There's yeah. a bunch of swimming and going back and forth. So I think it's good for fans. It's just how do you hasn't watch, developed. How do you watch international water polo when it's not the Olympics? Oh, I I, I search. I search it and like search. It's TV pretty hard. For water polo? It's it's pretty hard. You got to stream it. You got to Google. <laughs> you got to know what game is on. It's probably late in the night, you know, because of the yeah, European yeah. time like time difference. But. Do you think USA Water Polo can ever get to that point where it's as good as, you know, Serbia Montenegro? Yeah, I think we're I mean, we have we have the geography for for it, you know. Right. We have so many more people and we develop sports well in America. The only problem is on the East Coast, it's not it's not funded and stuff because everyone that's good or athletic wants to play basketball and football and stuff right. like that. So, I think it has a good chance because of the National League that just started up. And California has a really good base, you know. Like we, we no get doubt. all of our players from California. Yeah. Minus like one or two. Do you want to stay involved in water polo? Or do you see your future outside of the pool? Um, I I do, but loosely, you know. Like I, I thought about playing in Europe or Australia, but I have to get surgery on my hip, mm-hmm. and then I got a really good opportunity uh, to work. I'm in a commercial insurance with my with my friends. Oh, great. So like that's a really good opportunity, and I don't want to really pass it up. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I'm probably I'm hoping that the National League develops here in America. Yeah, because that's something you can do on the side. You know, well, you're a well-spoken guy. Maybe yeah. we'll get you behind the mic. You can be like the color commentator <laughs> on, some, uh, on some league games here in the states. Let's yeah, do some favorites before we get out of here. More, what's more fun? What's your favorite thing to do? To score a goal or to assist on a goal? Oh, that's easy. Assist on a goal. Really? Yeah, definitely, definitely assist. Um, you know, what's even bigger to me is a shot block. If it's the fourth quarter and there's 30 seconds left and so and you shot block somebody, it, you get up in their face. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is the ultimate water polo player answer. Every true water <laughs> yeah, polo player. Yeah, I swear it's not. Says, cli- it sounds cliche. Field block, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your least favorite part of playing water polo? You can't say practice because duh. But is there one part that you're just like, oh, I wish that wasn't in there? Oh, I hate swimming. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually pretty good at swimming. Uh, I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I I hate putting. I like I like thinking. I like thinking and and doing and like okay. and like having a ball in my hands and like being being able to be different and creative. But like swimming, Laps. I've never understood how like swimmers just do it because they just I don't know how to get better. Yeah. You know, like they make like really good go friends and back with and the forth black line and back on the and bottom forth. of the pool. Yeah, I don't talking to themselves, singing songs. My friend used to say that he uh, he would sing Bohemian Rhapsody while swimming the 500. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was the only song that was long enough to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have a whole um, mixtape in my. Do head. you have an all-time favorite teammate here at Long Beach State? It doesn't have to be this year. 
I'm not going to pick one from this year because okay. I don't want to be biased. I don't want to hear it. Uh, I modeled myself a little bit off of the way that Noel McConnell played. Mm -hmm. I loved the way he played. He, yeah. he was he was such a good goal scorer, but he was selfless, and that's what's important I, to that's me. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. He was probably one of the most selfless Yeah, guys. He, I mean, he could have scored, scored 70 goals a year, but yeah. instead he made everyone else better. So I tried to... Playing with him really helped me my first year. Yeah, it, it, decide it shows, how I man. wanted to shape the rest of my career. Your your vision in the pool is unbelievable. Uh, Thank what you. was your favorite all-time water polo player? Doesn't have to be Long Beach State, just of all time, a guy uh, that you watched growing up. Is it your dad? Um, uh, I never <laughs> saw my dad play. No. Uh, you got to get him back in the I, pool, man. This one's a pretty cliche answer. It's Tony Azevedo. I oh, mean, that's he's, good. He's He's, I don't know what he is. He's like 5'9 or whatever, 5'10. And he's was one of the best world, like... No doubt. Like, you don't see that in America. Like, somebody going to Europe and actually being one of the best there. Yeah. So, that's huge. He was a huge role model to me. Yeah, I feel like... Being pretty small. I feel like him surviving an international water club water polo was almost more impressive than going to five Olympics. Because you can be the best in America, but to then go and be the best in the world is like... Yeah. It's nuts, Being man. his size, yeah. That's but nuts. Today, uh, there's a guy named Dusan Mondic. He's exciting to watch. Who does he play for? He plays for Serbia. Okay. And in the Olympics, he threw up like a helicopter, which is like a backhand from yeah. the outside. He's ridiculous, and he's huge. Nice. That's okay. just fun to watch. you got to stay up late and stream games to watch him, though, right? Uh, yeah, or just watch it the next day. Because <laughs> no one's going to tell me about it. No one knows about it in America. Do you have – okay, let's, let's flash forward. 15 years from now, you're looking back on your time here at Long Beach Day. Do you have a moment that's going to stick out where you're just like, that's going to be my, my totem? For my water polo career here at the beach. Oh yeah, uh, last year when we won against Pacific, I did pretty well that game. And uh, the the moment in that game that really like comes back in my head a lot. It was I was we were up on six on five or maybe six on four. I don't remember, but uh, I stepped in from the five spot and Troy Kaltenbach, who uh, who you know had some mixed playing time all year, mm -hmm. but he was a senior, so he played a lot in the biggest game of the year and. He popped up open. I passed it up super high to him, and he scored, and that iced the game. And that was that's like what sticks out to me. Awesome, man. I'm sure yeah. a lot of them stick out, but of course it would be an assist from Stewie <laughs> that sticks out. I hope you get a bunch more moments this weekend at the GCC tournament. Best of luck out there, bud. Thank you. Always nice to get outside, see Ken Lingwin Aquatic Center, such a beautiful facility out there. Best of luck to the men's water polo team this weekend. But before we get out of here and end this episode of the LB Fee Show, as we do every other week, we've got a food recommendation for LB Nation. Andy, what do you got this week? I'm going with the hut. Going with Hoff's hut. Ooh, nice. I'm going with the breakfast quesadilla. Breakfast quesadilla. Breakfast quesadilla. I have not had the quesadilla. pleasure. You should. Is it only a breakfast food, or can you have it for lunch and dinner? Uh, I believe it's only breakfast, unfortunately. Oh, I'll, so, I'll test those boundaries. You know, but, you know, JJ, you're a man about town. You might be able to pull something there. <laughs> That's a good one. Hoff's Hut, God bless. Uh, I know a recent fire of theirs kind of shook yeah, them up. Yeah, so, scary. Uh, so we're looking forward to them being back and getting back out there to the hut. Uh, my food recommendation for the week is actually a challenge. A friend of mine, Isaac, had heard – he's a big Open Sesame fan – and I told him that George's is also very good. And he was like, let's do that challenge. I like that. So last night we got both Open Sesame and George's, put them out on the table. They both use the same Tupperware company, by the way, which really? I think is fascinating. And we put it out and just tested everything. We got some lentil soup, got some chicken, got the, got the lamb chops. He, he came down Open Sesame, but I don't know, man. George's is a dark horse. I don't think it gets as much credit as it deserves. So I, I thought you were going to go 
I thought you were going to go Pepsi Challenge on me right there and, you know, do old school blind taste <laughs> testing going on, scoring it. I you know mean, what, though? You're right, Andy. We did know which food came from where, and that probably uh, influenced our decisions. Well, you're right. It's just another opportunity to go back and do it once again. We got to do it again. We got to mix it up. It's the, the Tupperware will probably make it easy, though, because it's the same. So you can right? just switch a couple things. Perfect. Let us know what you uh, prefer. George's or Open Sesame. And obviously let us know your food recommendation because we want interaction here on the LBF show and obviously also at the562.org. So for Andy, for producer Roger, for everybody else who helps this show come out each and every other week, we'll see you in the stands this weekend, Long Beach. Take care.